Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 23, Sasha interviews life coach and fitness expert, Missy Henry. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host, Sasha Shilkut, and I'm really excited today because I have a personal friend and also a personal coach who has helped me through some sticky life situations and really get in tune with my own health and fitness. And her name is Missy Henry, and she's a life coach, and she's also has her master's in health and nutrition and, and behavior science, and she's just like the, the real deal. And so I'm super excited to have her on the show. But first, we're going to answer a question that one of you sent me. Um, I love this message. I love getting messages, by the way, from all of you ladies out there. And this one pretty much says, um, seriously, Brave Enough and StyleMD has changed my life. It has meant so much to me through a year of tons of big life events, most of them good, but the difficulty of moving and starting a new job in a new state and being a new mom, you have made such a difference. I want to know what podcast do you listen to? Okay, that is a great question. I love podcasts. I'm kind of a podcast junkie and I have a 30 minute commute to and from work every day. So some of my favorite ones are How I Built This by Guy Raz. I also listen to Serial, of course, and This American Life. But I love... um, Allie Worthington, she is a business guru and she is also an amazing woman and entrepreneur. And I listen to her podcast. And then, you know, I'll dabble like with um, Jen Hatmakers. I like For the Love and I like Oprah's um, Soul Sundays. I just kind of dabble in those, but I'm pretty consistent about listening to all of those other ones. And I also really like the Harvard Business Review Women at Work series. They don't have come out every week, but they have like six episode series that come out and they're just, they're just short and, but full of great information for women in the workplace. So those are the podcasts that I listen to. And I also wanted to tell you, I'm getting a lot of inquiries and requests and private messages about the Brave Enough Conference. The Brave Enough Conference is going to be held in September in Scottsdale, Arizona. I would love for you to come The 2017 and 2018 conference sold out about three months before the event. So you really want to get a ticket now. It's open for women in medicine, um, but you can also come if you are not a doctor and if you are a lawyer or, you know, just any woman, you can sign up and come to this conference. It is amazing. There's like no other conference like it in that I've ever attended. And I've attended a lot of conferences. So we're super excited. The theme of this year is belong. And we just want every woman to know that she belongs, that she is included and that she is right where she needs to be. And you can come to this conference completely empty. You don't have to be, you know, full of energy. You can be exhausted. You can wear yoga pants. We don't care. We'll welcome you with open arms and you will leave recharged and refreshed. So without further ado, welcome Missy to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I know. <laughs> I could, of course, you know, Missy has coached me and I'm very, I'll be very vulnerable about that. Vulnerable about that. I'm actually in one of her classes right now and it, her content is so good um, yeah. that I just was like, you've got to be on the show. And, you know, besides being uh, like you were a CrossFit coach and a previous fitness coach, coach but now you're a I gym was. owner and entrepreneur and all these other things. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I've, man, I feel like my road in the fitness journey has been long and I'm going to be 34 this year. I'm not that old, but like, that's like, I'm like, Oh God, mid thirties. Like, what have I done? Okay. So no, like I started as, you know, an athlete and a grad assistant and then personal trainer, gym manager. And then, yeah, found myself, I was a professor at the university of Nebraska, Omaha, and then opened my own strength and conditioning gym and wanted to take the awesome things that I loved about CrossFit, but then get back to kind of strength and conditioning for the masses and a lot of different types of people um, and kind of bring strength and conditioning to the average American, just, you know, health and longevity. And then had my daughter, Sawyer will be three in May. So kind of owning the business, you know, being an entrepreneur and then a mom and the craziness that comes with that uh, is always a challenge. And then, you know, through kind of owning the gym, I branched out and started offering nutrition coaching services um, and stuff like that to really help people take their results and their health to the next level. And then I got contacted um, by some amazing entrepreneurs in the fitness space as well. And I've been one of their business coaches um, for the last couple of years. So I do business um, coaching for other entrepreneurs, for them to kind of live their dream by helping other people get healthy. And my latest like personal brand that I'm probably super excited about is launching my kind of life health coaching on limiting beliefs and really like helping people get out of their own way to conquer some goals when they feel like they're kind of spinning their wheels. So, so, okay. So that what I love about Missy and what I, you know, what I love about you is that you, if, if someone were to see you in a gym, they would be totally intimidated. I mean, you're like, you know, drop dead gorgeous. And then you have like an eight pack, like, first of all, who even has an eight pack after they've had a child? Like some women would probably look at you and be like, I don't like her. (laughs) I mean, a lot of women, but, but the cool, and I will say it did take me a bit to get back to that. So I'm very real on my Instagram. I know. I love that girls. I love you but it took a bit. Yeah. So. so, well, and so like, this is what I love about you is like, if someone were to see you, they would think, Oh, you know, that person is just all into like body fat percentage and counting, you know, macros and counting calories. And, and, but when you spend five minutes with you, um, like I, May I mean, I think the first time like I ever talked to you, I was like crying within five minutes because you're like, okay, <laughs> let's get to the real root of the problem here. And, um, you're just very real and you, you know, that it's actually not about how many box jumps you can do or how many calories no. you're counting. It's actually your mindset and actually how you talk to yourself and how you, what you believe about yourself. And that is how you start to become healthy, which is so opposite of, I think what we as women see, like we see all these Instagram pictures and we see all this pressure to be like perfect and to be this size and to get back to this. And, but really what we want is we want to have peace with ourselves and we want to have health with our, and and a good and a healthy relationship with ourselves. But nobody goes to a fitness coach and says, I want to have a healthy relationship with myself. Right. So tell us, so tell us like how your own journey brought you to this place on limiting beliefs. 
Yeah. So, um, and I'll get vulnerable with you. I like shock people a little bit, but like, like you said, I'm, you know, you gotta be real. Um, if you're asking people to be real with themselves. So, um, I was an athlete my whole life. very blessed, um, in that aspect. And that's great. So fitness was something that, yeah, like was an interest and maybe came a little bit easy for me, but I did have to work really hard. I was always scrappy. And so I learned that like, okay, I got to work hard. I got to keep doing this. And I knew that the health space is where I wanted to be. Um, because my grandfather, like my hero, my favorite person in the world, and a lot of members of my family are very obese, very overweight, And I just, I grew up in a hospital waiting room. Like I grew up, you know, surrounded by talking to doctors and all of the issues that like my family was happening and like my favorite people in the world and the pain that I went through seeing that stuff. I was like, you know what? I meant to do something about this. Like I want to help people. I want to keep them from being like that. So then it started off, you know, the typical, like I'm a fitness coach and then CrossFit hit the scene and I was like, wow, I love this. And like, this is great. You know, people training like athletes and I can help them do this. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I think this is like missing something. So I'm going to create something, you know, to reach even more people. And then it was like, I, um, you know, had my own injuries that took me out of powerlifting. And so I was in my down and I was like, I got to find something to train. Like if I'm not training for something, you know, what kind of coach am I going to be? And I turned to bodybuilding, um, competitions to give me some of that control back. Cause I'm a control freak and that kind of nutrition kind of changed my life. I was always interested in it, but then that got me ignited to, wow, like I can further myself with my nutrition education. And I've done that to help people with nutrition coaching. And then while I was doing all of this, um, yeah, I was in a place of personal growth, um, as an entrepreneur and really God, like, man, I just keep trying to achieve and I just don't ever really feel like I'm enough. Mm. And I felt some of that same painful stuff come up and I felt like I was on this treadmill that I was never getting anywhere and that it was the same things that were popping up in my mind, like negative things and a hole that never seemed to be filled, but yet man, was I killing myself, like mm-hmm. to be enough, to be successful, to, you know, to do all these things. And I had gotten kind of introduced to the idea of limiting beliefs, um, at a fitness kind of entrepreneur mastermind. I got accepted to a couple of years back in California and it was a little holistic, you know, for the Midwest, like a little Midwest girl out there like, well, I don't know what these people are talking about, <laughs> but I, I like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be open to this. And man, like it hit me with a ton of bricks and I went through the work myself and again, being vulnerable a little bit that I, um, ended up, you know, like talking about some things that I had never told anyone, um, and really worked on some things that, I mean, I'm telling you, like that was a door closed that had bolts on it that was sealed shut. (laughs) And I was like, that needs to be shut. We're just, I I just don't even have the bandwidth to go into that part of the attic. Right. Like that stays. But I learned that, man, it seeps out and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So in all aspects of our life, 
those painful things that we have put away or, and I've been, I mean, man, I, I mean, I have, I've had different therapists throughout the years, you know, I've been divorced, I'm married again, you know, I have a daughter and all of these different things. Like you think you've worked on things, you know, I've got my heart broke, you know, I have a fear of failure. Like you work through all those things and then you realize, man, you think you've worked on something, but it rears its ugly head in a lot of different aspects of your daily life and working through those things um, and going through the journey then also coaching people on nutrition, coaching people on fitness and realizing, wait a minute, like th- all of this stuff is tied together. And when I sit down and talk with someone on nutrition, man, we probably talk about broccoli for 30 seconds. And then the rest of it is a therapy session. <laughs> and I was like, this is, but I love that. And that's great. But I was like, this is like, this is, I'm supposed to do this. Like, I always considered myself um, very social, emotional, intelligent, and I just pick up on things. And I'm fascinated by that stuff from, you know, my research in grad school and stuff like that. But that human connection, like, I don't just want you to, I don't want to sell you a gym membership. I want to help you realize that moving will help you feel amazing. And that's always what's been a little bit different right? about my gym and you know, nutrition coaching, but it was taking it one step further that me realizing that if I could really heal some pretty awful things for myself mm. and completely transform transform my outlook on life and see that benefit me in my career, see it benefit me in my relationships and benefit the message I'm sending my daughter. I was just like, this is like gold. And I have to do this with people. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is amazing. And I can tell you that, um, I, I am someone who often helps women, um, and coaches women. And the common theme that I hear from so many women is what I struggle with myself, which is I'm not enough. I'm not enough, especially Mm -hmm. overachieving women. And, you know, I, the majority of the women that I, um, I'm around the people in my tribe are women that are high achievers and they really, and it's, so it's comical to me because it's like they themselves struggle with feeling like they're enough. And I, I think that when you're under a microscope, which women are, um, we have even more pressure on ourselves to achieve, 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 and not just achieve, you know, in our, our workplace, but also be the perfect mother or the perfect spouse or the perfect wife, perfect Mm -hmm. daughter. And then we got to look good on top of it, right? Like we have to look perfect all the time and we have to always, you know, look like everybody on the Instagram feed. And, and, um, and so, you know, one of the things that has really helped me and, working with you so far is, you know, at first, like, I was like, why is she asking me these questions that like, they're, they're so bizarre. Like, how is this going to help me lose 15 pounds? I don't get it. I just want to lose 15 pounds. Yep. But actually it's <laughs> yes. the root of why I have gained 15 pounds again mm-hmm. is because of this. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm very open with my own vulnerability and my own, I mean, everybody that listens to me knows my struggles. And, um, but it, it's really interesting because just asking some of those basic questions about thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself are so rooted to our well-being. So give us an example of what a limiting thought is. Like for someone listening that's never heard this, what is a limiting thought? 
Yeah. And I get that. I get that question a lot. And, um, I'm in the process of my website and another Facebook page. So I'll be super excited to, um, keep giving content, like educating on this, but, um, yeah. So a limiting belief, a limiting thought, um, a good example. So we form how we view the world, how we interact with the world, how we need to take care of ourselves by the age of seven. And, um, and I'm a science-based person. I'm in the health field. I'm a professional woman. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> and then part of you is like, well, wait a minute, my daughter's two. <sighs> so like, have I already ruined it? Or like, <laughs> maybe I can like fix it. <laughs> like what just happened? But so that's what we, so like, that's what we do. And then you're like, okay, okay. I kind of get that. And then, so for instance, like a limiting belief or thought, so you're taught these things by your parents and they are doing the best that they can with what they know how. So I give examples, like even an abusive parent, okay. They're still love you. They just don't have an appropriate outlet for showing that love if that makes sense. So it doesn't make what they've done right, but it's also one of those things where it's like, you're coming to an understanding that really like we're all just doing the best we can with what we know. Mm-hmm. So with the limiting beliefs, like, so an example, and I'll give you one of mine, okay, was that, um, so one of my limiting beliefs is procrastinate. Life's going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I have as a limiting belief is that so like do well to get approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and so using some of those things, so how those turned out to be, um, limiting beliefs for myself. So now if you're listening to those now, those aren't necessarily bad. So do well to get approval. I have been an overachiever since I was two years old. Like I was going to be senior class president. I was going to get straight A's. I was going to, you know, get this scholarship. I was going to go do this, but it became that. I was chasing this approval that is never fulfilled because it's, it's, it's only fulfilled for the moment maybe that you get the trophy. And then one day you wake up and you're over the age of 30 and you're like, that's a trophy. That's not love. What is really going on? Like, and, and so um, other thing, like procrastinate, life's going to be really hard. Um, I love baseball and I use a lot of baseball analogies, but I create bottom of the ninth situations for myself. Mm. So in grad school, we had eight weeks to finish a project, man, I was going to pull an all nighter and I was going to get an A cause I had to, mm. but I would kill myself because the weeks leading up to it, like you got time, procrastinate, like do fun stuff now. Like, right. do, like you don't need to worry about that. And it's, those are ingrained subconscious things. And then I would find myself, I just did this to myself. Like, why did I do this to myself? So if you've ever had that thought process of why do I keep doing this? Like, this doesn't feel good. I know if I do this, this, and this, I would feel better. That is our conscious mind. So that is like what I like to explain as that's 34 year old Missy. That's Missy with the life experiences that is like, okay, like I'm looking at things rationally, but our subconscious mind is the one generally making the decisions. Mm -hmm. So that impulse to eat that cupcake because it's going to make us feel better. Right. That impulse to procrastinate because you'd rather do something enjoyable because you're stressed. Or that, well, life is just really hard. So then my comfort zone is when things are chaotic. 
I'm miserable. But that's the kind of crazy thing is that misery can be comfort because it's like, well, what would I do if I had it all figured out? So I know so many people like that. I mean, I know so many people who are like, I just, I'm, I'm, they like want to be miserable, but they don't, but they create it. And you're like, okay. But I mean, I don't want to, you know, I can't judge them because I find myself often in the cycle of like one of my limiting beliefs is I have to do everything myself. No one's going to do it right unless I do it. It just has to be done by me alone. So that feeds number one, my ego, which I have learned from you. And it also feeds my feeling of (gasps) I am drowning, right? And I don't have time for myself. I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to work out or food prep or eat healthy. And that is actually driven by my limiting thought, which is you can't ask for help helping, you know, asking for help is a weakness and you have to do everything yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on Mm -hmm. asking for help and I'm working on, you know, chain replacing those limiting thoughts. So tell us like, how do you replace that limiting thought? Yeah. And so the first step is owning it. And so with a lot of professional women, like driven, successful, like we're going to do it, but we're trying to do all things it's these limiting beliefs are not all bad because it's like, you know, a challenging, tough love childhood. It's like, well, it got me to where I am. But if there's one thing they teach people as entrepreneurs for personal growth, it's what got you to where you are. Is it going to get you to the next level? Mm-hmm. So we have to have the moment of ownership of like, okay, I've identified these things. These are what I've learned they are not who I am. They do not define me. And I didn't ask for these things. So it's being able to tell some of the awful things that have happened to you or to just say, be ownership of like, okay, I do these things. I'm not perfect, but I learned them. You don't have to be ashamed of those traits. We, I think, I feel like we grow up thinking our like personality characteristics define who we are. And so then these beliefs, sometimes we're ashamed of the things that we do that frustrate us. And so it's an ownership of this is what I learned. This does not define me. This is not what I want to be. It's not who I have to be. Then from there, we then have to, okay, we got to identify that root because we got to get it at the root. Because if you just trim the dandelions in your garden, they're going to grow right back with watering and time. So we got to get it at the root. And then that now leaves us a place to plant something that is much going to serve us so much more and our conscious mind is going to decide. So this amazing, strong, successful woman gets to decide how she wants to live her life because we actually have the experience to be like, this is what I want to do to kick ass. Like, this is what I want right. to do. Right. To, to go after the things. And so then we take those limiting beliefs and we turn them into more of an actionable affirmation. So not just, I love myself, but so using mine as an example, okay, life is hard, procrastinate. Mine instead is life flow easy, life flows easy through me and I get stuff done. Yeah. I love that. See, I love that. And I love that, that you, like when you say, um, you learned it, you can unlearn it. Like you just have to learn something new. Like it doesn't, it's not like you stop learning. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I learned that I have to do everything myself and that no one, you know, that asking for help is a weakness. That is something I learned. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that means I can unlearn and I can learn that actually Mm -hmm. asking for help is not a sign of weakness. And when I ask for help, it means that I open up time that I can actually take care of myself, which is actually what I want to do. I want to take care of myself. Right. So, um, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's okay. You know, like I remember, I remember when I was in, um, when I was getting my master's a couple of years ago and I was really stressed about it. And I was like, and my friend, I was talking to a friend and she's like, why are you so stressed about it? I'm like, well, I have to, you know, get like, I mean, I have to do this. I have to do that. And she's like, what if you got a B? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, what if you got a B in your master's? Like you already have your doctorate. Who cares if you get B's? And I was like, like, I felt like she was like trying to sell me cocaine. <laughs> like I was like, I can't oh, yeah. get a oh, B, yeah. a B. Like, but like, what? she's like, no, I really want you to ask yourself, like, what if you got a B? What if you gave instead of a hundred percent at your master's because you're also working full time and you have four kids? What if you got B's? Is it going to matter? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not going to matter. And it was like the first time yep. that I had to unlearn a, a, a really limiting thought. Cause the limiting thought was if I do something, I have to give 110% and I have to do it perfectly yep. instead of, Oh, I'm going to get my master's and you know what? I'm going to get B's. It's okay. Like it doesn't matter. Like I, uh, my self-worth isn't in my grade that no one, you know, some statistics class mm-hmm. when I'm 40 years old, like that's so silly. So, but I had to yep. physically unlearn that and replace it. And so actually like my affirmation was like a B is okay. It's okay to get a B it's, and mm-hmm. I would tell myself that mm-hmm. like throughout the entire two year program, it's okay to get B's. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, and what you just said, like, and what's so crazy is that it's, and it's why you have to take the affirmation one step further, sometimes with an actionable thing is because we have to keep saying these affirmations. We have to listen to them. We have to do these things. But the one thing that we didn't get as children when we learned these beliefs are functional skills that go along with it. So if you've ever like been in a situation as an adult where you're like, Oh God, I got triggered. I can't even say anything. I like, Oh my God. It's like butterflies. I feel like I got hit in the gut and I'm kind of paralyzed. It's because we're triggered with a belief from our seven year old version of ourself. And I find that some people, when they're really triggered, they can't even say anything because they've never learned how to express that. They've never learned a functional skill. So if you brought up my father not showing up to my soccer games and somebody would be like, well, what would you want to say to him? I was like, I was speechless. And if you know me, that never happens because I can't stop talking. And I'd be like, I don't even know. I felt like I was kind of a prisoner in my body because you're in so much pain and you have no way of expressing it. So that's how we take these actionable affirmations and then actually relearn skills to help us. So I've had to really learn time blocking to help me keep that procrastination route from growing back. I have to say that a B is okay. I have to say my affirmations, but then I've really had to commit myself to learn tasks, functional skills to keep those things from growing back. Um, And it's, and sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes those roots are in there like a little bit farther (laughs) than you think. Yeah. But it is like it's and, and I always joke around like if you haven't cried yet, 
we're not at the root. Right. So <laughs> it's like buck up and get ready. And I did, I did an event um, to kind of launch everything, you know, about a month ago. And these women, I was getting contacted by them like the next day, the next couple of days, the next week. And they were like, what did you do to me? Like I was totally fine. <laughs> and now like I've been emotional and I've been crying. Like my husband wants to know what I did, like what happened. And I was like, we've opened a door that yes, you may want to close, right? but it's still going to be there. And we've we've opened it to let you know that it's still there. Now is the time. Let's clear it out. Like, let's get that closet cleared out because that's always going to be there. Yes. But that's the hard part. Yes. And I, I love that, you know, one of the things that I always say at the Brave Enough Conference when I open it up, because it is, it, it takes about 20 minutes for the tears to start at the Brave Enough Conference. And it's so, it comes out of nowhere. People don't, the women just don't see it coming. And it's not that I stand up there and like get people to cry. Like that's not at all. It's just the silence. It's like sitting in silence for a moment and sitting with yourself. And then all of a sudden you realize it's okay to process things, which we don't give ourselves that ability as women. We don't give ourselves time. We don't have time to process. You know, we don't even want to process because it's exhausting. And I always tell women like, okay, just because you're crying and just because you're processing something, actually you're not failing. It don't, don't give yourself like a secondary beating that you're processing this and that you're not tough enough to just process it. It, You got to get it out. Like that's why we're doing this. And so I, I just love the work that you're doing. And I love that this is so closely tied to you know, your health and, and well-being, because I honestly think that our health starts in our mind and how we talk to ourselves. And, um, I just, I'm so proud to know you and I, I want others to get to know you. So how, tell us, how do people like if a woman's listening and she wants, you know, to follow you on social media, or she wants to find out about your coaching classes, how can she do that? Yeah. So, um, first up, so on Instagram, um, is where is all my personal brand stuff is, um, I'm at coach Missy 17. Um, and that's where you can follow me for a lot of the limiting belief stuff, some motivation stuff, um, and information on, uh, future events, but then also small private or small group coaching and individual coaching. Um, and then, like I said, I'm in the process. It's been pretty awesome. Um, of getting my website going, um, and then an additional Facebook page, but that is where you can find out all the information right now. And even if you're not in the Omaha area and you want some help with like fitness and nutrition, you can go to edgebodyomaha.com. I've got some awesome at home and on the go workouts on our blog. I have an ebook, have some other nutrition tips and stuff like that. And we do, um, you know, remote custom programming for workouts and nutrition coaching as well. Um, but like I said, I sometimes steer people towards limiting belief stuff because, you know, um, as we've talked about, you know, man, I bet you've gotten a meal plan from someone before yeah. and, you know, <laughs> yep. educated, empowered women. Like we know what we need to do sometimes, but it's like, man, like, why do I keep spending my meals? Like, why do I keep making these decisions? And so it's, you know, a good time to, you know, get the, you know, the microscope out and really look at, okay, what's going on. Right. So how, what is your, what on, what about Facebook? Are you on Facebook? 
Yes, um, I'm on Facebook. Um, Missy Henry um, is my uh, the kind of personal brand page. Okay. So M I S S Y and then H E N R Y. You can find me. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska is where I'm at. Okay. Uh, Perfect. And, yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I just love the reminder, yeah. everyone, to, you know, think about what those limiting thoughts are and turn them into actionable affirmations. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.